This week's episode was delayed. It was delayed because we wanted to support the black voices in the nerd community. We want to make sure that people know that we do support the Black Lives Matter movement. If you want to find a way to support the Black Lives Matter movement, just look in the show notes. There will be some links for some things that you can do down below. As somebody married to a person of color, this was really important to me. I want to thank everybody for their patience and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Need to Nerd. I am your host, Spencer, and I am joined by West, another nerd with a need to nerd. And a drive and a hunger and all that metaphor. Do you think that uh, if you could eat your nerddom, you would do it more? I could eat my nerddom. So, like, I, I'm very... I've torn in- off nerds for the rest of my life, the candy, if that's your question. <gasps> that's an interesting thought. I had uh, to chug them once. It didn't go well. Oh, that does not sound great. I mean, yeah. you, you've seen me nerd out about, like, vodka and stuff. Uh, but, like, you know, if I could, like, eat an, an episode of My Hair Academia, I might do it. What would that taste like? Amazing. Uh, a leaf of the Deku tree? <laughs> there we go. There we go. This week, we aren't going to be talking about food. We're not going to be talking about, uh, you know, My Hero very much. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll end up talking about My Hero. We are going to be doing our first podcast review in our podcast review series. It's really that simple. It's just a podcast where we review stuff. And this time, West, we're reviewing book one of Avatar The Last Airbender. It's hype. If you have not watched Avatar yet, first off, what are you doing with your life? It's on Netflix now. Please go watch it. Um, Avatar is... Sure, it is a kid's show. It was made by Nickelodeon. But its similarities to other kid's shows stops at the funny faces and the silly music and bad puns. From there, it dives deep into social issues it dives deep into how do you be a good friend it dives deep into what is your role for your community for the world and how do you face big responsibility when you're not ready for it it has the best animal sidekicks of anything ever it has sick characters and it's just got a ton of really awesome martial arts action backed up by fire water air and flying rocks because who needs less of that Wow, I didn't have to. That was the West sells it segment, everybody. <laughs> you did a good job, man. You know, it's funny. I, I kind of want to talk about, you know, our kind of our first reactions to this show. Um, I want to take us in the way back time machine, in the first time they watched the show, or, or even our first time rewatching it. But I want to keep it spoiler free, you know. So I'm gonna go first, West, and uh, I'm gonna go with. You know, my first time watching with my son because it's been way more impactful that way, and and for me, it's it's been really enjoyable to. I'm gonna use an analogy of something else since I can't give a spoiler, but in the movie A Goofy Movie, as a young boy, you you empathize with with uh, with Max a lot. You know, he wants to go on the date with his girl. And, like, you know, you really, you're like, man, I can't believe his dad is being, like, so ridiculous. He just wants to hang out and blah, blah, blah. And then as an adult, you watch the movie and you're like, Max, just go spend, like, some time with your dad, man. And watching Avatar as an adult did that in different ways for me. Like, as a kid, it was, so much of it was just like, yeah, this is freaking awesome. 
like, you know, shooting fire out of your hands, just something that I always thought was cool. And it's funny to watch my son have the same reaction. Like, his favorite bending is fire bending and then water bending. And he just, he loves it. He thinks it's awesome. And it's it's interesting to also get those opportunities to kind of have social conversations with them, things like that. And and my my but I think that like my reaction now is that the awesomeness gets to teach lessons, and that's so cool. Yeah, it definitely captures your attention and then uses that attention very well, um, which is such a such a good thing for media to be able to do. That we can trust that our attention is going to teach us things. Um, yeah, so my first time watching Avatar, I, as a kid, I didn't really have um, cable access at home, so I watched it when I could at friends' houses, whenever it was on, so I got, my first time watching the show wasn't really in order or with any understanding of the larger plot, but yeah, it's just sweetness. Um, the characters, um, you know, the the main crew at the beginning, uh, Aang, Sokka, and Katara are like a great trifecta. They balance funny and smart and good planning and caring for each other so well. And they just demonstrate that from beginning to end. And the action's sweet. I mean, who doesn't want to fly around on a glider? Who doesn't want to, like, freeze things with their hands? Ugh, what a show. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, you you get this I mean there's also just this like discovery aspect of this show where like you're you're discovering this world throughout the episodes. I mean, it's really funny, one of the uh the critiques that we'll get into later that a lot of people have is you know, to give a, a brief spoiler free synopsis really is that, you know, the first season takes place as the Avatar's been asleep for a hundred years. And they find him uh, in this this ice this this thing of ice, and you know that turns out to be this boy. And the first thing that the kid wants to do when he gets out is is go on an adventure, you know. And you through that adventure you get to learn about this world and also about Aang and and about Katara and Sokka. It's a really cool way to like, you know, keep things moving. Um, and and it was it was fun for my kid and it was fun for me this time around. Yeah, it's absolutely sweet that for a group of people that can go anywhere, the world builds very slowly. Right. Over the yeah. course of the first season. They got a flying bison. Like they could just literally go. It's it's pretty yeah. sweet. Well let let's let's get out of the spoiler free realm. If you haven't watched the show and wanna watch it, that was your, you know, opportunity to hear the the beginning. You know, we're going to we're going to talk spoilers now. So thank you, everybody. If you haven't watched it, come back here. Our final review and things like that. Yeah. It's only 20, 23 episode, 23 minute episodes yeah. from here to where you can listen to this podcast without getting anything spoiled. Exactly. So we'll see you in like six hours. You'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Um, so let's let's deep dive. Let's yeah, let's go. Check my math. Yeah, it's fine. I wasn't going to. I mean, they might. I'm not going to. Uh, I want to. I want to talk about favorite storylines, uh, Wes, and I want to let you go first. Well, the first storyline that I think is so important to what's happening here is Aang overcoming a sense of like shame and failure over having run away 
and lost all this time and then the world looks totally different and while things are definitely not his fault there's a pretty easy line for him to draw that they are his fault for having disappeared all this time and how he takes it um you know comes to terms with how how broken the world is in the time he's been gone and how and switches his mindset from I'm a failure, I don't want to show my face to anyone, to one of, okay, now I have this opportunity to fix things to make it right. Um, and that I'm going to use my friends, I'm going to use anyone who's willing to help me at all to get there, I think is such an important um, path for him to take. Yeah. I, I Aang's story is one that it really evolves from episode to episode differently than the other characters. It feels like because, you know, he wakes up and he still kind of wants to be a kid. Totally. And it takes a while for him to be like, I really can't like, mm -hmm. I really don't have time to, you know, go seal sledding or, you know, do these, these things that I want to do. And he has to kind of be honest with himself about that. And I mean, that's gotta be impossible. as a, you know, 112 year old kid. Yeah, well, um, especially when you missed the, the 100 years where you're supposed to have been made something of yourself. Um, I I really do think that um, they do such a good job in this show of putting a lot of weight and a lot of responsibility on the backs of these characters. They represent um, the hope of a world. They represent the hope of a tribe. They represent, um, you know... They represent the the ability to save a father, right? These characters have so many things going for them, so many responsibilities to them. And yet at the same time, the show never makes it too heavy. There's always a bit of a break for a laugh. Yeah. It's funny. When we recorded last time, I, I don't know if I said that Katara's storyline was my favorite, but I think I thought about it more. And I think that I have two favorite storylines that are different than that now. I do love Couture's. I do love the, I do love that, you know, the one of the first words in this entire show is sexist. Like, I, I love that about the show. We talked about that in our last episode that wasn't even about the show. But I think that something that I've thought about really speaks to what you just said, the weight that they put on these kids. And you also see kind of the, like, the weight that they put on their, themselves that they have to learn. And I think that Sokka and Zuka in this season actually do a really good job of showing that, you know, your Zuko's trying to figure out what he wants, how, how he wants it. And it's hard, it's hard for him. And obviously in later seasons, we won't spoil like, you know, things, things change even more for him, but you see two, uh, I would say like almost mirror images in Sokka and Zuka in a lot of ways for the show. Like I, Sokka in, in this season, he thinks he knows and then he could, but he's never actually been on the real world, but he thinks he wants to be there. He wants to be a part of, you know, doing what's right and, and the battle and all this stuff. And then he gets out there and he, every episode, Sokka just learns more and more before they get to the, the water tribe that like the less and less he knows. And you get yeah, Sokka really is like, you know, Aang and Katara, Aang and Katara spend the season learning waterbending, but Sokka learns so many more things. He learns how to love, how to flirt. He learns um, how to help people even when you don't have that much power. He learns how to share the spotlight. 
yeah, Sokka's journey in season one is such a good one of learning. And it's the foil to Zuko is also real because um, the 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 story for Zuko season one is cracks in a facade of learning, a facade of culture that he desperately needs to unlearn. Yeah, I, I would say that you described that really well. And that that's definitely what my like thinking back on it this week between the recording that got lost in this one, that's definitely the one, like, the one that sticks out to me. Um, what do you think, uh, is there anything else that you related to or that you really vibe with that, you know, you want to talk about? Um, I think I really vibe with um, the relationship between Zuko and Iroh. One of knowing that you have a loved one nearby who can help you, who maybe can help you in such unimaginably big ways but you're not ready for that help. You don't want that help. You think that you can do it on your own. Um, and it's one, and it's a lesson that Zuko needs to learn again and again, which is that his uncle's been there before and knows unimaginable sadness and understands Zuko's pain and is prepared to help him carry that pain, but he's not close to letting him do that yet. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I just vibe with Iroh overall. Just... Iroh is an incredible character. Um, it's interesting yeah. that Iroh may be one of the characters in the show that develops the least, who arrives most in a fully fledged way, which is, you know, the case of being an old man. Yeah. Um, and he but, sometimes he does those those old man tropes. And I'm like, ah, come on, Iroh, you're so great other than. Yeah. Um, he like makes like in season one, like two or three moments of like old man um, getting away with stuff that no one else would that uh, we've come to that in 2003 when the show released uh was a punchline and now you know it doesn't it, it just hasn't aged well for me or, sorry 2005 um I, yeah my years are off i mean either way i i think i just really vibe with iroh well let's actually talk about some of the things that we would change um i i don't know i don't really like changing stuff like that and here's why Be, like if it was remade i would change it but like i i think that it is important to be honest that of of you know one of the things that i i don't like is you know when we when we how do i say this without saying the thing that i don't like as the thing that i do like because it's hard either way here are the so things I've that are, yeah um iroh um iroh is a relatively perfect character in terms of morality and action and it's nice to see him give in to sins a couple of times that's primarily gluttony, that's fair. but a few others. That's fair. Yeah, I I think that uh, he I mean the he's also just got some amazing moments. Uh, is it this? I don't remember if it's this season or the following season where he tries. Oh, it's the following season where he tries the berries. That's a funny one too. Oh, I got a good Iroh moment this season. Yes. Um, when he's bathing in like some natural hot springs and he gets arrested by. Oh, that is a good moment. Um, by some Earth Kingdom soldiers, um, and like he um, breaks away from them totally on his own. Um, he like leaves a, a helpful hint for for Zuko to come track him, and Zuko has to make a hard choice of whether to chase the Avatar or um, follow after his uncle, and he chooses the right one there, um, which is good to see. Um, but like, you know, in one scene with his arms, uh, manacled, Iroh takes out four men 
and makes it look just incredibly easy all the same as if he like was never worried the whole time. Yeah, it that, that's a that's a really good moment. I agree. Let, let's talk about things that we would change really quick. I, I thought so. Last time I, I was talking to you about how like the deserter episode I wished was like a two parter, just kind of having more understanding um, of who that character is. Oh yeah, of Zhang Zhang. Yeah, the and and just bender. and just like you know, just I, I wished I wish that we had gotten more. Because it, there was such such big moments like Aang saying like I'll never firebend and stuff like that that does that does come up. I mean I mean in there's there's there there is a future you know I'm sure you know where you wonder does after watching this first season does Aang learn firebending and you know he he does need to find a teacher after this episode and you know it it, it just speaks a lot to it. I I wish that they had done more of that character and I also. Uh, to that point, probably would have cut the Great Divide episode. Yeah, um, that one was one where I think they could have... I think that um, there was a pressure for Avatar as a season one of a kid's show to not have too many moments where they end an episode in the hard place. Sure. That's, um, that's fair. Um, right, uh, my, like, my biggest problem, though, with the Great Divide is it like tries to teach this really important lesson that I wanted to teach my son... And then it um, ends with him lying. Summarizing it just in. Yeah, 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 in... absolutely. So the Great Divide is an episode where there's this big divide that they need to cross, um, and they Great need a canyon. Yeah, Great Canyon, and they need a guide to go across to help them across. And two groups of people also want the guide, and these people have been fighting for a long time, mostly for no reason. They're really just different, and uh, you know, it, it teaches about you know, holding grudges and. I mean, about just hating people because they're different than you and how wrong it is. And at the end, it kind of like has Aang being just telling this made up silly story. Um, and it really took away. I don't know. I just today, like when I watched this episode, I, I, I didn't watch it today. But when I watched it before this this recording, it was. I don't know. It, it took a lot away from me. And I was like, oh, this is probably the one that I would have cut to have the extra yeah, there are really significant, um, like, ideas and lessons in there. The one of, like, how a story and the way you tell that story again and again and the way it can be told differently by different people can reveal so much. And right. That, uh, merely a story about your ancestor and a time your ancestor may or may not have gotten wronged was enough to, generations later, cause this hate between two different groups of people um, is such a, like, strange thing. Um, yeah. And the way that Aang resolves it at the end um, is really interesting because the healing between the two groups, the healing of the divide, came not from Aang retelling the story in a light that changed their perspective of it, but one of where they had to fight together for their own safety, and at the end of it, they had mutual trust and respect for each other at a greater degree. And that story then threatened to ruin this newfound um, agreement between them. And so Aang hastily amended that story for them, which they could have done on their own maybe over time, such that it didn't put them together and the you know, cognitive dissonance that they felt of 
having the idea of like this story, which is very important to our people and gives us a base for who we are and who we don't like. Right. Like they were having trouble reconciling that their story told them one thing and their reality told them another thing. So then when Aang tells them that, oh, they were kids and it was just a game, it all sort of heals back over, even though like if they sat and thought for it a moment ago, this wasn't a hundred years ago. This was much longer by their mythology. Right. Was there uh anyway, that would be my change. I just wanted more John John. I wanted less of this. I'm yeah. not sure why I'm not sure why. That episode just rubbed me the wrong way. As far as like what it felt like uh I don't know. It, it's a kid show at the end of the day, so like you want you want to keep it a little lighthearted, but tight bundle as well. Like you want one episode right. outside of like season finales and stuff. You really want like one episode to tell the complete story. So that way, yeah. if they're just catching that episode that one time, they're left wanting more, not being like, ah, oh, they didn't get anywhere, which is sure. such a problem in anime these days. Sure. What about you? What would you change? Is there anything you would change? Um, I think that what I talked about last time of wanting to change is again, further expansion on things, right? Like I think that this season is so perfect um, and gets where it needs to go. And there's just areas where we'd like to see things be a bit bigger. Right. Um, and that's, a and we're also story. spoiled. This is in 2005 and like now we get, you know, episodes of Mandalorian that are 45 minutes to two hours. Totally. You know? Yeah. And these yeah. are 23 minute. Yeah. And which is such a credit, right? Cause they do tell a really compact story in 23 minutes every time. Um, but the, the, the learning and the growth that I wanted to see more of is there is a moment in the episode, The Blue Spirit, where Aang has been captured by um, a, like, uh, a, a member of the Fire Nation who, like, actually has the respect of the Fire Lord. And Zuko needs to break Aang out without revealing that it's him. So that way, Zuko stands a chance of being the one to capture the Avatar. Um, because in his mind, the only path towards redemption for Zuko is capturing the Avatar. Um, so, but then there's this moment where Zuko has just saved Aang and is hurt out in the woods as they've ran away from this place, um, together and had to work together to get out. Um, when Aang, trying to help Zuko, takes off his mask and reveals that it's Zuko, and Aang, um in a different way than most characters throughout the show when they learn that the people who just helped them is someone they, other than who they thought, um, doesn't immediately be like, oh, that's bad, right? Um, Aang's like, oh, Zuko just saved me. Perhaps there's a chance at friendship here. And it's about a minute and a half, I think, until Zuko does something to show Aang that they could never be friends. Um, and Aang is forced to run away. Um, and I would have liked that uh, that seed that gets planted here of um, a friendship Zuko, of that friendship. I would like to have seen it had just a little more fire to it. Just or water. water. You could water the seed. You don't have to. You don't have to light it on fire, West. I'm just kidding. fair. However, <laughs> uh, due to the nature of Zuko and Aang's relationship, I think fire and air and how fire gets bigger because of air is very apt. Sure. You gotta fan the flames of the friendship, is what you're saying. Yeah, I would mm -hmm. like to see that go a bit farther, but it's an interesting moment because it gets subsumed under 
the weight of their realities. You know, it's funny because, you know, as we think, the next thing that we're going to talk about is favorite moments. And I think that's my favorite episode of the season. It's a really cool episode. I, I just think that, you know, it speaks to where Aang is at at the time. It speaks to where Zuko is at at the time. It speaks to the severity of what's of what's on the line in a lot of ways and like what could happen. Um, and just, and also it just shows that Aang's not ready to do this alone. Like, and that, you know, he's lucky to have the friends that he has. I don't know. I, I really liked that episode and what it, what it got to say. Yeah. It's definitely a really big, um, moment. I think that maybe my, are, are we launching full on? Into yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Moment? Okay, awesome. I think that the episode that I think really sort of like has just so much going on and so much lessons learned and is so is one that is taken to heart for the rest of the show is that of Jet. Um, and that's when um, Aang, Sokka, and Katara are captured and then make friends with this group of rebel fighters fighting the Fire Nation led by a charismatic teenager. They're all teenagers, like most of the people that matter in this show, um, who was really hurt by the Fire Nation, um, lost his parents to them, and has kind of taken a darker approach to fighting the Fire Nation because of it. And they, um, you know, they learn a few things over the course of this. Um, Katara really sees a lot of herself having lost her mother to the Fire Nation and not yet knowing about the status of her father in Jet and really identifies with that feeling of hurt, that feeling of anger, um, but isn't yet, but doesn't see the darker way that it's manifested in Jet, who shows by the end of the episode that he's willing to flood an entire town just to deal with the Fire Nation occupiers. Yeah, um, it it that one's a little. I think we might have actually skipped that episode with my son, mm-hmm. because I actually didn't. A little dark. Yeah, because I didn't want him to. I didn't want him to watch that one. Um, and I, I was thinking about that today as I was like reading over the show notes again. I was like, I just realized that I skipped the jet episode, and it's funny that you brought it up. Uh huh. Um, but what I think is so interesting is that Aang, um, stays skeptical the whole time right like ang isn't really sure one way or the other but he knows that there's people trying to work against the fire nation and that's his goal as well so he works right. with them until revealed otherwise um what's really in- what's really interesting is that sokka um sokka is the upstander in this episode he's the person who notices that something is wrong very very early on when he's on a mission with sokka and he stops and they stop and beat up an old man to get whatever he's carrying, maybe info, I don't really remember. But Sokka walks away from that being like, man, Jet's morals are not in the right place. He is consumed by hatred in his fighting and isn't fighting to protect, but is fighting to destroy, which is very Fire Nation right? Um, in method. Um, and so Sokka begins um, getting suspicious of Jet and follows him and discovers that this plot to um, flood a dam and then break the dam to flood this uh, town and kill all of the firebenders of the Fire Nation in there. Um, And Sokka goes very far 
to stop the plan, discovers that he's not going to be able to prevent the flood, and goes and evacuates the town. Um, and that happens off screen, but it's a moment where Sokka, um, who is not the powerful one, who is not the forceful or convincing one, who's usually right. not taken seriously, um, where Sokka follows his morals, helps the most people, all the while his friends, his sister, are telling him, no, you're crazy. And I think it's such an incredible moment and just reveals yeah. how strong Sokka is, despite maybe not having the skills of some of the other characters. Yeah, like like I said before, I think Sokka's storyline just overall, like, the amount of growth that he has to go through to get to the... I mean, just to kind of get to, I think, probably where he needs to be in the story. When you think about, the, like, the last three episodes, that will kind of wrap up with that as my last favorite part. Just, like, from the waterbending master all the way to the end of the siege. I mean... Sokka's life kind of gets less. I mean, he has some big life moments in there, and uh, and you know, seeing him, you know, probably really, you know, fall for this girl, and then having her turn into the moon, it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, and it's so interesting because Sokka, um, when he begins his romance with Yue, um, doesn't think it's going to happen, right? Like, right. knows the difference in status, knows the difference in ability and importance, and still pursues it anyways, which is just such a good um, character trait of Sokka, is that he never shies away from a challenge, even when they're ridiculous, and especially not in his love life. He's right. always uh, swinging for um, the fences in that regard. Let's um, let's wrap up and give this a rating, West. Uh, zero, wouldn't recommend, don't ever watch it. Five, the perfect story we're going just book one where are we at i'm gonna come down from where we recorded the first time which is uh it gets a four and as we talked about last time it gets a four because there needs to be room for the other seasons <laughs> that's um, fair but it's got everything you might want um it's got valuable lessons it's got fast action it's got funny lines it's got memorable characters um the only thing I think it doesn't have is it it's it's missing moments of failure, moments of learning. Um, there's a lot of success that happens in this season, and that's awesome because it lays a great foundation. Yeah. But the story is clearly not complete without um, some harder times. Yeah, I, I would give it a, I think I ended up at a four point five at the end of the last recording. I think I'm still around there. Um you know, I, I've thought about it more, and, you know, I, I'm probably closer to you now that just that whole – it's not perfect, but it's – it certainly is perfect for season one of Avatar The Last Airbender. And yeah. it's something that, you know, if you for some reason listen to this with, you know, quite a few spoilers, you should still be going to watch it. It's pretty amazing and definitely worth the go. So you heard it here first. No, probably not. Probably thousandth time but that is that is going to do it for this week west uh anything you want to say before we go oh um watch avatar the last airbender um take it to heart uh if you've already finished your rewatch um i get it um i'm considering the second rewatch of this time period did you do cora um, yet i have not gone to cora yet um i'll dig up where i can watch it um soon um but 
this show is incredible and if you if you've made anything involving avatar if you've um written anything if you've drawn anything please uh you know come at us on social media i'm at east monotone or east underscore monotone on twitter um spencer has his own contact info please show us what you've created around this lovely show yep you can do that at need to turn nerd pod uh for the show at spencer Turner H for me i love this show i highly recommend it to everybody we'll see you guys all next time with maybe we'll be talking about book two who haven't decided yet but maybe maybe we'll just go pow 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 i don't know we'll see Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys all next week with another episode of Need to Nerd.